right, guys. Hello and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 43. We have the pleasure today. We're doing a little Joe Rogan feel. We got some scotch going. And we've got the powerhouse, James Buckley, in the house for episode 43. Um, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you're going to find out by the end of this podcast. But, um, you know, we're going to talk accounting. We're going to talk networking. We're going to talk people, um, business, um, James is a partner at DJB, um, a tax partner, personal estate tax planning, compliance service, um, and, and businesses of all size. James specializes in what, mid to high? Yeah. Mid to high. So uh, we're going to hear his story. So welcome, James. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so I, I had the fortunate, I think it's been what, three or four years now that I've known you? I thought longer with hockey, but then we'll go with that. <laughs> I think it was pretty quick since hockey. But, um, but yeah, so, so James has been a huge part of our business success and growth um, over the years. And then just it's kind of networked down, I'd say, kind of like a spider web um, effect of like, oh, yeah, we use them. Or, oh, we could use them or should use them. Um, and I thought, like, you know, who, what more boring of a, of a person that I could bring on from an accounting perspective than the opposite of James? Because James is not boring. He's not your typical accountant. He's outgoing, he's flourished, and, and he's ready to go. So um, tell us a little bit about how you got into accounting. Yeah, it was a complete accident. Um, so I initially wanted to look at doing engineering and had a lot of friends that were going through those engineering management programs. And um, coming out after five years engineering management and not being able to find a job. And so uh, when I was in first year business, I was uh, talking with my good friend, Donnie, and I just kind of lost. I said, hey, um, what are you going to do after business? And he said, oh, my dad's a controller or something somewhere, and he has a CA, and he does pretty well. Uh, so I'm going to do that. And I said, okay, I'll do it too. And that, that literally, I've told that story in job interviews, and yeah. that's the, the truth. So then I started down the road of accounting, and I was quite bad at it. Yeah. Um, I was told that it was mathy. It's not mathy. It's addition and subtraction. Uh, not, don't take any shot accounts or anything like that, but it's, 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 it's using a subset of rules in a way for audit insurance and things like that. And um, I found that I just wasn't good at it. And then stumbled across tax in university and okay. found that as a, as a home in terms of the framework and problem solving and, and structuring things and um, have, have, have stuck with that uh, ever since. So yeah. that, uh, that's how I got into it. And so like for, for everyone, like the decision on the difference between tax planning and accounting, because you you come as a package with Nikki Boy mm. and others, yeah. So so it's um, you know we use the joke. It's like the the Jedi approach, right? There's there's two of us. You're gonna have an assurance person, sometimes mixed up with insurance. It's assurance, meaning uh, you know your financial statements and, and tax returns and things like that. And then a tax person who's really there for the the structuring and things like that. Not that either party can't uh, blend over into either role, but you, you kind of cover all bases when you're in meetings or servicing a client that way. Um, and so we find that there's, that's a good approach to, to, to service a client in that manner. And isn't it interesting you say, like, what am I going to do to do well, right? In terms of, like, how am I going to get a job on a university? And, like, nowadays, like, you feel like as an employer, do you find now it's like, I couldn't believe that I thought that if I was motivated and talented, I wouldn't be able to get a job back then? 
Uh, yeah, no. I, I think that accounting, has, has all, specifically, has always been a, a meat market, though, right? It's just been, get <laughs> right, like you, you, you are forced to get your CA through a firm. That's yeah. changed now. I think you can do it at banks or, or other, other things. And so you didn't have an option. You would come in and you knew that it was like D-Day every day that was just something you were exposed to really yeah that's that's how accounting was and now it's definitely been a shift in the market to more um uh you know trying to achieve more like more work-life balance from an earlier age where work-life today still it's something i struggle with greatly (laughs) as, as i know we all do but um you know back then when you were coming up you would never you would never pretend like you were going to have some type of work-life balance as a as a junior accountant, or at least that's how I perceive that. Yeah, man, it's good. It's, it's a good change, though. It's a good change. I'm not saying it's a bad yeah, one. Yeah, right? no, man, it's funny. Like we have uh, we have we have apprentices come through our program, and um, you know we're very transparent of how our program runs. But like you were, I, I mean, two things. One is when you're younger. I think for a lot of people in industry, it's just like. You want to make more money. So you want to do more work to make more money. And that's a little bit of the driving factor. I think once you get older, you realize like all the money in the world is not the answer to happiness if that's what you're trying to fulfill. But um, like, yeah, I always remember hearing like lawyers or accountants specifically like, yeah, I put in like 60 hours last week. And it's like, yeah, but you're on salary. And so when we put in 60 hours as, you know, apprentices, it was like, well, we're getting paid overtime and stuff like that. Um, did you find that a bit of a challenge when now you went from being that guy? Because I know you were always the overachiever putting in the hours. Yeah, I, I think I had a mission that I was on, and uh, but that obviously changes as you go through your career. But I wanted to make partner, and that's all I wanted to do, rightfully or wrongfully. So I took steps and did things to go down that path, one of which – in my journey was not to focus on work-life balance. And I don't say that like, that's not a good thing for people to do, but that's just um, the way it turned out for me. So, so I think that um, the good part of that is you, you can learn a lot in a short period of time. Cause all, it's all you're, all you're doing. Right. Uh, the bad side is, you know, sometimes your personal life can suffer <laughs> or, you know, you, you don't work out as much as you should or diet and exercise. Right. So I, I think for me, it was, it was, it was trying to, to shift uh, towards that. But now again, you know, I say it again, I think that younger people uh, definitely have different priorities. I can see them at a younger age, seeing that maybe it's less about just making partner, less about making more money and more like, hey, maybe I want flex time or maybe it's, uh, you know, can I earn more vacation? Things like that, right? But um, it's different. And what are you guys doing? Um, DJB, tell us a little bit about like the size of scale that you guys are at because you're definitely the biggest accounting firm that I've ever dealt with. Um, but also I found like you specialized, which I thought was really cool, which from a, a small business mindset, I didn't know kind of exists. I thought it was like, you know, you go speak to the accountant, he or she, and then they have, you know, a small team under them, but it's more, you know, administrative work. Yeah. Like, I, I, well, I think for us, we're, I think what you consider a midsize or small midsize accounting firm, but we don't do any public company work or public company ins- assurance work, like public audits, for example, intentionally okay. to focus on the owner managed business. Um, and the owner managed business could be, 
you know, um, a professional, like a doctor, the owner managed business could be a home builder with hundreds of millions of, of fair market value, land value, right? So, so, so it's, it's a big spread. Uh, in terms of what uh, our uh, thing was, was, was we were really, like we had a flex plan before COVID, like COVID took away a lot of our uh, uh, advantages, right? Because, yeah, I think we were we were early to the game on things like flex plan and uh, and working from home uh, that that I don't think was as common in other accounting firms. And COVID came, and now it's just common for every industry and everybody to uh, uh, to do it. But um, but yeah, I would say that that we're still big on uh, big on um, you know uh, getting the right level of work to the right person and. Um, and, and, and putting our money where our mouth is to the best we can with having a good flex time policy. Yeah. Um, and also having a good work from home uh, geographical policy. Because for me, like, if someone can do a really good piece of work and they're sitting on Jupiter, like, you know, as long as they can execute and with Zoom and Teams now being much more common, yeah. I, I, I don't, I like that. I don't mind that. Yeah. Did you have that going through the process? When I came up, yeah, yeah, no, no, <laughs> no. I uh, I went through different iterations of trying to. Uh, we've talked about it too. Trying to get up early, be the first one there, and then I found I was working late anyways. So then I'm like, oh, I might as well get in at eight thirty instead of five because I'm gonna be working till eight thirty. I had a choice, right? Yeah, like yeah. I know no one forced me ever to do that, right? But uh, but no, it was not something that uh, that was customary before. <laughs> and that's why you're here today, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your approach because we, we talked about it before and I thought it was great. You, you said that you're the extroverted, introverted accountant because I think we, when I think of an accountant and even when I'm looking for an accountant, you are not what I pictured in the sense of, you know, a numbers guy behind the screen, um, you know, being able to, to run accounting all day, I'm assuming can be mundane, but for someone that enjoys it is enjoyable. Yeah, I, I I think you started with 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 saying I was an extrovert, and I and I was like, oh, I I think I'm probably slightly more introverted. Maybe others would laugh at that, but then I think we compromised on, you know, maybe I could be considered extroverted among accounts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think that uh, with every uh, career or business, you're going to have yin and yang, and yeah, I think my my side of it is um, is yeah on the client facing communicating. Um, um, you know, distilling complicated uh, concepts into digestible terms for the business owner um, at all stages. Uh, you know, so we like to support, try to support young business and growing business. And we could also execute, and our bread and butter would typically be mature businesses or um, vastly growing or at the, at the M&A, you know, the, the saleable or, or purchase stage of things. Yeah. And I think... Um I think it's really interesting when you kind of, I mean, for me anyway, going through the process of kind of onboarding with them, with you, for anyone listening, I, I went into James's office. I said, uh, I actually, I met him playing hockey and I said, who's this guy walking in the room? You know, he had, at the time, I think he had a suit on parallel and just kind of like ready to go. But he got on the ice and he was actually really good. <laughs> and uh, I go, what are you doing? I was accounting. And I go, yeah, you know, I'm actually looking for a new account. And I think you fluffed me off about three times. And finally, I was like, man, I actually, actually, I'm in the, I'm in the market. And you know, the, I think the big thing was how you guys onboarded us in terms of like, you know, creating a partnership, a true partnership within an industry for long-term growth. How much time do you spend like 
or do you see a lot of the times when someone's just not ready for like say a full accounting firm yeah that that's something that um uh, is difficult to ascertain up front. We always say when we're onboarding business, we are not in the business of, of poaching work, nor would we want to be. You're in the business of adding value. So like when you and I had an initial discussion, you came at me with wants and things you 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 wanted to get to and, and what you wanted to do. And, you know, we were up front in terms of saying, like, if you need help, then, you know, we could provide it. Um um, but in terms of the the client trying to figure out where they're at, yeah, it is is difficult, right? Because um, sometimes clients want to grow, and not doing the proper things up front can hinder that. But there's costs associated with that. Sometimes more than people want, or more than they're willing uh, to bear. On the flip side, yeah, when you just start, you're starting a business. You want to make sure you have proof of concept. You want to keep cost and complexity as low as humanly possible. And so maybe a more volume-based shop could be a fit for you at that time. So usually the approach is just to try to have a discussion, discuss your services, discuss what you think may or may not be a best fit. And you and you and you take it from there and you hope that that uh, that has a synergistic relationship built in that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember going into James's office for the first time, sitting down with you and Nick, and uh, pretty much him, him, him challenging the shit out of us, saying, you know, you know, well, where are you making the most money? Well, I don't know. Well, what are your projections for next year? Well, I don't know. If the phone rings more times than it did last year, we'll be higher than we were last year, right? And uh, I truly believed that. Like, I was so frustrated, I think, by the end of our first meeting, saying, like, Man, like, what's this guy talking about projections and how am I going to supposed to do it? I'm not, you know, I'm not just selling a product. I'm selling services and it's based on who calls and all this stuff. Um, and how, how wrong I was <laughs> at that stage being, like, so slow to judge on how quickly you can actually get financial literacy on your business with the right people asking you for that kind of guidance. Um, but, yeah, we had a meeting this year that went a completely different um, just in terms of, like, financial understanding and like understanding a balance sheet and understanding, you know, a PL. Um you just make such a difference as business. Do you find as businesses grow that kind of enhances? Not always. Like uh you, you ideally wanted to. Like not everyone is is gonna take the same approach like as you where you always uh, you know, want to be learning and, and want to, you know, try to really invest in process and procedure and have a vision. There are a lot of businesses that can do extremely well that um, but don't take that focus. Is that more of a gamble and, and the best way to do things? I think a lot of advisors would say no. Yeah. But it really takes the individual to uh, to, to drive that. And I think what happens in their businesses a lot, and we've talked about this in yours, is like working in the business as opposed to working on the business, it's, yeah. it's difficult to to achieve that yin and yang, right? Because some people can work with advisors and and um, and it, it really have a good understanding of what each party needs to do in order for the you know for that relationship to work in the business to 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 really go in the right direction. And I, I do find others where they they kind of want you to have you know all the answers, and and sometimes it's it's difficult because you are only just. Uh, an add-on to the business, right? You're doing tax or financial uh, advisory, right? Yeah. It's really on the owner to to take that and take from all other pieces, their lawyer, their coaches, their this, their that, and 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 work and work on their business, right? Yeah, like and, and things are changing drastically all the time, right? I remember we weren't um, 
we weren't like taking advantage of a, a tax credit for apprenticeships for onboarding apprentices. Um, how do you guys like, man, it's changing all the time. I was just at that event that you guys put on for the realtors or for the uh, construction industry, but how do you, how do you keep up on all the changing, you know, policy? Is it the right term policy? Yeah, sure. Legislation. It's, it is difficult. That's the, that's the punchline. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, that, that, and, and that's why you need, you know, in my opinion, as clients get bigger and bigger, you you need the, the bandwidth and the people to be investing in that, right? Because, uh, 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 you know, things like credits changing or um, or obviously all the the uh, the COVID subsidy things that we just came through, you know, that's one thing. But then there's all the high-level tax planning in my world, like things yeah. like the 111-4E and the migration that were, you know, uh, menu-based tax plans that have been going on for a while. They were just shut down in April, and but there's still talk about you know, other things that you can do with sale planning, but that stuff changes fast and there's high risk and high complexity. And, and yeah, you, you just have to be able to dedicate enough of your time and enough of your practice to, to ever learning in order to stay ahead of it and, and make sure you try the best possible to download that to your clients. Yeah. Well, and, and you guys do a great job of kind of like outputting the information that you guys are receiving. Kind you of try it. to push it as best you can, right? Yeah. You're not gonna be able to push everything, right? So that's why it's nice when you have clients looking at stuff too but on the flip side you want to try to avoid the you know you're playing golf with someone and someone's like hey dan why don't you do the the this or that and you're like well i haven't heard about that right and then it's nice to try to get in front of it as much as you can right <laughs> just so your clients aware knows what what what's a fit for them or, or what's not right yeah and then yeah i mean man, it's crazy how much stuff's going on especially at that level that makes such a big swing impact on you know potential profits but also you know, I've, we've seen it lately, especially I think COVID enhanced that a little bit, but also like in a bit of a positive, right? Whatever it brings to light is a good thing. But in terms of like selling a business, right? Like, is it a business or is it an owner operator organization? Are you seeing now a lot more just because I think it's more, I mean, you kind of really got to be in the dark if you're not planning for something like that. But do you find there's a lot of people kind of on their exit strategy that they don't have an exit strategy? Um, yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think that there's just some businesses that get approached and they weren't never, they were never thinking of it or wasn't top of mind. Yeah. Now they have to deal with it. And are they structured or positioned to do that in the best way then? Who knows? Um, but, but on the flip side, there's some other businesses that are very deliberate in terms of, uh, timing. Like, Hey, if we don't start and sell this thing in five to seven years, something went horribly wrong. Really? Uh, oh yeah, and that and that's that that that's um, something to be said for that, right? And and it's not all uh, that's that's not a one size fits all uh, approach. Badgers on individual and age and industry and uh, yeah. interest rates and uh, all that all that type of stuff, right? Man, it's so interesting. Like the only thing I I hear about a lot in tech, but then I you know I started hearing about it a lot in like insur- like the insurance business, like I, before. Um, before I got into it, I didn't realize everyone was buying everybody else and buying book of business and like how you structure it at the beginning can also be how you kind of exit at the end. Um, and also like, you know, one of the things we talked about that was a, was a big change is when do you open a holding company? So for any, you know, business owners out there in terms of like, I remember I opened, uh, I opened the sole proprietorship for about four days and then was told to, to close it and incorporate back in the day before I had 
you know, proper support and advice. Um, but yeah, like are you seeing a lot in the market, like that kind of lack of understanding. I would say it's way better now than it, than it, than it was before. Um, information, I just think, is more readily available. And I think people are searching out professional advice because, like, as you know, as your business grows in size and, and, and revenue and complexity, you go from the most basic decisions of, hey, what, what, what is, uh, you know, what is, what is a holding company? How does it operate? Why would I use it? Like, what, what's my, you know. How do I want to approach credit approving? How do I want to approach, um, you know, where do I want to make investments? If I, you know, do I want to put them in my operating company? Uh, you know, that's kind of on the first stage up into, you know, uh, are you looking at a foreign structure? Are you looking at your exit plan? Are you looking at yeah. how to carve off divisions or like how you found in, in different aspects, how there was, let's call them other non-tax reasons to hold divisions in different entities. Totally. Right. And, and that's not something that, you know, you, you, you don't figure out unless you, you're discussing it and working through it, right? As opposed to, I'll just you know, throw it in here and, and, and figure it out later, right? Which yeah. sometimes works out, but, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's more, of a, more of a gamble, right? Yeah, for, for everybody listening, you know, we, uh, we, we created Guest International, and what it is is just we get together and discuss everything, but we have, you know, James and Nick, who's so tax planning and accounting. We have our lawyer, uh, Natalie, um, and myself. Sometimes we bring in the banks. Um, but having these, you know, the key players that are, end up discussing these things with each other, I find it's like, first of all, like if, even though it's an expensive meeting, it ends up being like, as long as there's one takeaway, it's always worthwhile every single time. And I think over the years, they just keep getting better and better and better because you start kind of forward planning a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then what do you think about like partnerships within your industry? Do you, I mean, you guys work with a lot of lawyers, a lot of banks. How important have you found over the years is it to keep and, and strengthen those relationships? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's vital, right? You want to build out um, relationships with people that you can rely on and then they, they rely on you and you find out what they're good at. They find out what you're good at and you just try your your damnedest to put your money where your mouth is and look out for those people with opportunities to work together um whether it is legal or banking or business brokerage or insurance or whatever right and sometimes it's not today but sometimes it is tomorrow in both in both instances right and so having synergistic relationships not like in expecting some type of you know uh, tit for tat type of thing at all just more like you know, and we've talked about it before too, like like becoming friends, becoming building a relationship as opposed to it just being, you know, business driven. Because for me, like work and personal life is this this Venn diagram that that's very <laughs> middle based, right? Where yeah. other people would say they hate that, right? Like they don't want any kind of overlap yep. between their personal life and their work life. And there's no right or wrong answer. Just for me, it became the people that I'm closest with eight times out of 10 have some type of uh, business connection somehow, you know, not yeah. that doesn't mean we work together, but I met you through something or saw you here, or did that there type of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's an interesting concept around that. Like I, I think, um, yeah. Some of my closest friends are my business associates, right. You just, it just ends up being that way. And I think it was because you really get ingrained in like, not just like a vulnerable conversation all the time, but it's like, how are you like, you know, how are you overcoming this? And so, sometimes it's, it's such an overwhelm that 
having that relationship be, be bonded by the ability to kind of discuss some of these challenging topics rather than your friends being like, you know, you know, back in high school days or talking about a night going out or talking about random nonsense. You're talking about that, those really core values that are driving, you know, your success, but also your business so that your personal life can be accelerated if you're looking for that balance. Not everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> So talking about that career path that you discussed about, um, you know, talking to your buddy's dad or was it your buddy's dad? Yeah, gave- buddy, buddy, Don, I just talked to Donnie. I think, I think the discussion, I remember it was in front of the, the Willie dog there at Mac, like yeah. probably over a, a hot dog with the crumpled chips on it. Yeah. And it was like a one second conversation. So, so what advice would you give to, you know, someone coming up or your younger self in terms of like going through that journey? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough. Would you recommend your industry? Would you recommend it to someone that's motivated and driven? Yes, because it's great training. You learn a lot in, a, in accounting, similar in legal, I think. You learn a lot um, about business and, uh, and, and, and how that works. So I think it's, it's invaluable, especially if you end up in a, in a business uh, vein. So I would say yes, it makes sense to, to look at something like that. The advice I would give, and I'm not sure it's good or not, would be, you know, pick a lane, right? Like, I I picked accounting slash... Well, I guess I picked accounting before I really knew about tax that much. Yeah. And I found a home in it. And um, I put my head down and I did it. And, um, you know, I think sometimes people can get a little bit wishy-washy. Or like, I would love to be a, a guitar player playing 80s ballads you know at bars and making a living from that but i don't think that it would be able to support my family so i don't <laughs> right but at, at some point you just gotta you get to a point where you just gotta pick a lane some people know their lane from you know 10 years old and some people figure it out a little bit later but i would say i don't know once you've kind of done enough analysis and you get to the crossroads of like what you're gonna do i think yeah. you you pick a lane and you and you go with it but Actually, now that I'm talking it through, pick a lane would be one of the things. The other thing would be do more than no digging like I did. So I talked to a couple buddies that said, oh, man, I can't find a job as an engineer. And then I just panicked and did something else, right? Like I, you know, being involved, uh, talking to your, to, your, to your parents and their friends or talking to, uh, to other people that are in career, going to career, things that, well, I'll speak for you and I. I don't think you and I would have ever done it at 16 or 20 or no. something like that, right? No like in high school or university. So maybe it's just, you know, more and more of that to try to educate yourself more. But now it's like, with well, the internet existed then, obviously, but like there's just more and more avenues to find that type of information. And and so, um, I don't know. That was probably just a shotgun blast of things. But I like a couple it. of things to think about maybe. No, I mean, I remember like learning about, my buddy, I got into plumbing because my buddy's dad was a plumber and he lived on a big ranch farm house and he owned a small business. And man, like, this is what that could be. It's like, okay, it's a job for now. I don't know where I'm doing. I don't know what I like. And, you know, for me, it was I can do hard work. I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to do more than what than most. And, and I, I was really motivated by money. Well, perception drives reality, right? Like, if you, if you saw that person living out of their car, it wouldn't be something that, uh, that you'd want to do, right? Like, 100%. And then that's actually the other thing to think about now. That you're, now, here you go. Now you ask a question. I'm, and I'm, 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 you know, the wheels are, the hamster's turning here. Like, I, I would say 
and it's an easy combo, but like owning a business is nice because in terms of usually in accounting or, or for the most part, you know, medical or something like that, you, it's a cash flow business, right? You earn throughout your career and you hope you can store away enough to have a good retirement and, you know, maybe there's some type of pension or something. And, and that would be in most cases, obviously there's some medical accounting practices that are saleable, but in most cases, right? Whereas someone who owns a business has the dual component. They generate the cash flow that they ideally need to to live and, and grow and invest. But then they also are building this asset that they're able to transition away from for, for value. And I'm seeing more and more businesses that people started in their late 20s or 30s. And now they don't need to go to 60, 70, 80, you know, at, at 51 years old. They go, yeah, this is this is this is good. And they sell that business yep. and they, they do it on a very tax advantaged basis because there's tons of deferrals and exemptions and plans you could do to to reduce your tax. And uh, so I would say if I would know then what I know now, it would be looking at, you know, building something like that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I think that's great advice. Wish I took it. <laughs> wish, wish I got it. <laughs> wish I got it and wish I took that's it. The whole, that's the whole point of it. I love my career. Everything's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, on that note, you know, James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, it's been an absolute blast, guys. Again, you know, this podcast is put on for people to understand the journeys that we take and whether it's overeating a hot dog that's going to take you down a career path, um, which, which is perfect. Um, and we're, you know, getting, getting information, going to school, you know, the journey didn't happen overnight. It takes, always takes a really long time. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of benefits and, and James and his team at, at DJB do some incredible work. Um, so all their socials, all their website handles are going to be down in the links below guys. So if you want to check them out, um, please feel free to reach out. They do, they do an amazing job. And we want to always ask ourselves these questions. Why not me? Why not now? Um, you know, change can happen overnight. It doesn't have to be on a Monday. It doesn't have to be over a lifetime. Um, and thanks so much for tuning in. So thanks, James. Dan, thanks a lot for having me. And, and as per usual, we, we appreciate your support. I appreciate your friendship. And, uh, you know, you've been very supportive of us. Hopefully we've been able to support you at least 1% along the way. And uh, look forward to uh, drinking with you and, and growing old in business together. There we go. Thanks, man. Sweet. Sweet.